All right. All right. Hey, guys, what's going on? My name is Chris Hawkins, and this is your best life defined. All right, let's, you know, let's go ahead and get started. When we think about everything that's going on in our world right now and the struggles we're facing, I think there's something we're missing here when it comes to our kids. I mean, when you really think about the true impact of our kids, what is the impact? I mean, and actually, even more than that, what is the potential positive impact for our kids? I mean, there, I mean, obviously, we're talking about the stress and the uh, the the uh, the uh, lack of confidence in what our future holds because this unexpected event happened, and the next thing you know, we're all going, "Oh crap!" And including our children, they see it. You know, I have grandbabies, and they go, "Hey, when the virus is over." You know, in reference to being able to do things we used to do, like my son, my grandson, he says, you know, when the virus is over, we get to go back and eat in restaurants, you know, and that's, that's really kind of a sad part of this. But, but there's also another side to it. There's another positive side to it that we can grab a hold of if we just stop for a minute and think about it. So up to this point, I mean, from what I'm getting, the biggest issue with COVID-19, besides the tragic deaths and the illness and the struggles we face as a nation, but individually, I think the biggest issue that we face is is the uncertain future and this and the and the the situation we find ourselves in because of our debt. I mean, let's face it: if if you didn't have the amount of debt, the amount of obligations that you have right now and that you're facing right now. COVID would still be an inconvenience. It would still suck. But it wouldn't suck nearly as bad. I mean, the idea that you have two or three months worth of finances in the bank, you can actually pay your bills or um, that you're not, you, the only thing you owe as far as it goes is your house payment or your rent payment. You know, that, that kind of changes the dynamic. And I'm not speaking, I'm not speaking out of, uh, out of turn here. I, I am, I'm, that's how I live. And I haven't always lived that way, but yeah, right now I'm debt free and I don't have any real concerns with regard to what I have to pay because as you can see, I mean, I'm shooting this from the kitchen table in my RV. I live in an RV and it doesn't cost as well, doesn't cost nearly as much to live in an RV as it does the house I used to own. Is it, but is living in an RV cheap? No, it's not, but it comes with its benefits. So, but I think that's the point we need to think about is, you know, we fell into this idea. I fell into the trap. I, I, I mean, I remember, um, I remember my family and friends celebrating the day I got in debt for the first time. I had been working and I bought an old truck and I worked on it and fixed it up and I went cash only on it and, and it took a long time at $28 a week because that's what I was making back then. But I got her done. Well, you know, that a, a 1950 Chevy is cool as hell for driving around town, but it isn't much fun running down the road. So I, I get my first loan. I borrow some money from the bank and I buy me a truck, a regular Chevy Silverado. And, it, you know, it's, it's a newer one. It was like a 78 or an 80 or something like that. And... uh you know, my family, they were like, oh, yeah, you got a loan. All right, cool, cool, cool. But that was really, that's kind of that's kind of a point there. I mean, I understand the need for debt, but now that we're sitting where we are right now, it's kind of changed it. I mean, it kind of changed this whole perspective. I mean, yeah, it's great to have a truck and the house and all the things we have, but all of a sudden it just puts us in such a bind and and. I don't want to say it, but I will. The reality is the banks don't give a shit about you or me. They don't care whether we're struggling or don't. I mean, there are people right now fighting to stay in their apartments because they haven't worked in in more than a month and a half now. 
They got to get back to work, and no one cares. I mean, the banks don't care, the finance companies don't care. So what if you need a car to get to work? That's not that's not their issue. That's your issue. And so when I was when I when I got that loan, I was all excited, and that set me on my path to living a life of debt. I really did. I spent I don't know most of my life paying stuff off, and it was only when we decided that there had to we had to have some give and take in order for us to start accessing our life or to start living our best life. We couldn't carry this debt with us, so we found a way out of it. Now, kind of, if you're wondering how this ties into the kids, I, I developed that attitude towards debt and buying things that I couldn't afford by financing it because my parents taught me that. I mean, I learned it from everyone around us. I didn't know anyone who was debt-free. And I guess that might be the reason I don't know any millionaires. So back to the kids, I mean, this this kind of changes things for, the, for, for this next generation and for the generations to come. I mean, if you think about it, if there's one thing we should probably be focused on is maybe it's not such a good idea to carry so much debt, to carry a debt-to-income ratio of like 60%. Or, I mean, sure, none of us are rich and some things we have to finance. But that doesn't mean necessarily we should be expending every penny we make. I mean, the reality is if you go on the Internet right now and you look at, at uh, the statistics, you'll be surprised at the number of the average, the amount of money the average American has in the bank. And it's not, it's not as much about what we earn as it is about what we spend. So back to, uh, back to the kids... Imagine how much of a different attitude they would have and, and if things like this happened in their future and they were actually, instead of being taught to spend every penny they make and that the acquisition of stuff is the secret to happiness, maybe you could teach, we could start focusing on teaching them the idea that indebtedness is prison. Indebtedness is a bad thing. Getting money and borrowing more money than you need or borrowing money just because you've got a whim about some new item that you truly can't afford. Uh, maybe that's not such a bad thing and maybe that's the direction we need to go with it because even before COVID-19 this whole debt thing has been just squashing us. I mean look at your own life. Think about all the things you dream about doing or wish you could do or just plain ass can't do because you're in debt because you and and what the cycle is always the same i remember my wife and i we would we would get income tax money and it was the biggest money it was the most amount of money we would get in any given year other than that i was making like 10 bucks an hour i was bringing home 320 dollars a week but we would get that cash and instead of saying okay how can we improve our life how can we bring take our life to the next level by paying a bill off or doing something constructive like putting it in savings so that we can accumulate a nest egg and 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 actually that'll open up the door for more more choices down the road we would buy we spend it up and the reason we spent it was because we looked at it like free money but i don't know i just I, it's not that this is a rant or anything i just i've watched it and 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 i see the cycle and it all comes back to the reality that if you do the same thing as 
people who are 20 years older than you, you're going to experience the same life. And if we teach our kids that it's okay to continue to spend beyond their means and to finance things they can't afford. Now, the, the wonderful thing about it is, I think, is this new generation there, while they're the me generation, they, they you know, it's immediate gratification and everybody wants to be a star and I, I don't know, all that kind of stuff. The reality is, is maybe they've already got it figured out. Maybe they're figuring it out already that debt is, is prison. But if you haven't had a conversation with your kids about the true impact of COVID-19 on you from the standpoint of finances and started a conversation about how to make sure that doesn't happen to your kids or that isn't, isn't the situation your kids find themselves in because you have, uh, that's what you've taught. And, uh, and that's not a criticism. That is just a fact. Our kids watch everything we do. We are a tribe and we have a tribal mentality. And I mean, you gotta, you have to admit, well, you don't have to, but if you're honest with yourself, you will. You can see that the reason that most people fall into this uh, lifestyle that includes the house, the cars, the kids, and the debt is is isn't because it's our dream. It's because what the it's what the tribe does. It's what the this American tribe does. This American social system does. I mean, just I mean, not any different than the American Indians back when they taught their young to. Um, to skin elk and deer and how to tan leather and all the things they did. It was just, that was the life that was handed to them and they own it. But the truth is, look at the position we're all in right now. I mean, it, it really, really put a, put a damper and it brought to light some of our inefficiencies when it comes to our ability to exist. Now, and I mean, and it's just sad because imagine, I mean, if you happen to be that guy that's worked 15 years to uh, amass your assets you've got your house and you've got your cars and let's say you just bought a new truck and you're about three years into that truck and all of a sudden now you're sitting at home and there's zero income you do realize that the bank is going to take that if you can't pay for it and they're not going to have any qualms about it you've got all that equity in that house and eventually the bank is going to take it because again if this was really a priority don't you think we'd see it on the news? I mean, the news is kind of a soft, hey, it's, it's, it'll be okay kind of thing. But no one's really talking about the real issues. I don't see any politicians up there standing up there talking about your issue, about the fact that you're wondering how in the hell you're going to do it. I mean, how in the hell are you going to keep your house and your car amid, I mean, I just said this morning, what, 30 million people are out of work? Hmm. Time to start thinking. Um I don't know. And the last thing I want to do is hand this to my kids. I'm pretty fortunate, though. I don't know. See, now, a little, little history for me. So I, you, you probably know by now, I, my wife and I got married when she was 16. I was 18. It was a long-ass struggle and story. But I'm, I'm really amazed. I have three adult children, and I'm really amazed at, at how, how efficient they've become at managing their finances. I mean, all three of them have managed to put themselves through school. Um, they're all debt-free now as far as school loans go, and they manage their finances real well. And see, when Sandy and I were growing up, I remember or when we were when our kids were first growing up and Sandy and I were first married, and, you know, the kids are young. They're like getting up in eight, ten years old, and, and there's always this debate about, you know, can we do this or can we do that? And I, I remember being real candid. I had a workstation right in the living room of our house, and I'd sit at that workstation, and I'd pay bills on Quicken and do my thing. And I remember my daughter coming up to me one time, and she goes, Dad, how much would it cost 
How much would I have to pay you so I could live here, but I don't have to do what you say? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, here, well, come over here. Let's just print a report. <laughs> she didn't want any part of it. But I guess my point is I did show my daughter how much it would cost. She couldn't afford to live independent of us, so she went ahead and decided to buy it in the rules. But it was kind of funny. But I think what's real here is that we always discussed openly our financial situation which it was i mean it wasn't like a nice conversation all the time like this is you'd have to just tell your kid i don't have the money we're broke we don't have the money (laughs) here we can't go out and eat we don't have the money in fact (laughs) i don't think we uh actually had took our kids out to to dinner in a restaurant on a regular basis um until they were in middle school or high school because money was tight okay but I don't know. I mean, when you, uh, we can't change what's happened. We can only change how we respond to it. And and I've done a video and a podcast earlier this week about our ability to evolve. And there's a few posts on my social media about it too. But the the truth is that we this is one of those of, of evolutionary things. This isn't where we need to evolve. We need to adapt to our surroundings and the new surroundings and the the realities that we face now are different than they've ever been. I mean, when I never really truly imagined that we would face a pandemic. Okay. I didn't know that there was a lot more choices I can make if I don't have debt. I knew that. So so going forward, I mean, if you're swimming in debt, and, and not to say that it's a good thing because it's not. I mean, if you happen to lose things that you work so hard or have a lot of equity in like your house or your car, that is tragic. And, and you know what? You can blame everyone in Washington for that because they're the ones that are supposed to represent us. And instead of representing us, they're taking care of themselves and everybody who put them in office. And that's just the way it is. Enough about the political shit. But moving forward, if you do experience financial catastrophe and you end up having to start over, the only, the only thing worse than that would be for you to start over in the, with the same plan as you had before. Because if you do that, guess what happens? Some other catastrophe that puts you out of work for a month or two months or whatever it is, and you're back right where you are, right, right where we are now. And that's, I mean, do it once. Shame on, I mean, whatever that saying is, shame on you, shame on me. My point is that repeating the same thing and expecting a different outcome is is insanity according to someone and i don't know who i think einstein gets credit for that but i'm not sure who the quote was about but but the point is we can't continue to do it if we if we go through this and then we do exactly what we did that put us in this spot we're hopeless that's all i can say about it anyway hey a little bit about uh about the show i hope you like it i'd love to hear from you guys i'm trying to keep this thing alive the truth is, there's, some of this stuff just isn't that damn interesting. I mean, it, it's really not. I mean, oh, I, you know, I was going to tell you a story, too, while I'm here. So so when I was a kid, I mean, my first experience was debt was that, was that, was that auto loan. And just to kind of emphasize what I'm talking about here, so I was, I don't know, I was still in high school. I was in my senior year, and I was getting credit for my, um, for working part-time to finish my high school degree and graduate. And... And I had that car loan, and everybody was proud of me. They cheered for me. Oh, yeah, I got that loan. And then I got stupid, and I was working in that slaughterhouse. I was working in a slaughterhouse, and my boss pissed me off or something, and I just quit. Now, this was about six months before I was supposed to graduate. And I quit. 
Well, now I wasn't going to be able to graduate because I didn't have the credits and I wasn't going to be able to make them up. So, and then I had that loan and I needed to earn money for that and I didn't have a job. So I just quit school. And that was because of the debt. I had this personal catastrophe where I lost my job. And had I not had that debt, it wouldn't have mattered. But it did. And it changed the dynamic in my choices because there's a lot of pressure that comes from being in financially in a financial bind. I mean, I can imagine um, that was probably one of the biggest points of debate that my wife and I had growing up was there was never enough money. But what was real, what was really ironic about that was there wasn't enough money when I was making $2 an hour. And what's funny, there was a time in my life when I was making over $30 an hour and there still wasn't enough money. So pandemic or not, if you're not taking uh, heed in the fact that debt is going to put us back in this, put you back in this position and you're not paying attention to where your dollars are going and pulling some back, I guarantee we're going to be back here. And I can't do it for you, and your friends can't do it for you. And I understand the issue of resistance, because there is resistance. This is the American dream. I mean, it matters to us what people think and what people believe about our lives. I mean, otherwise, social media wouldn't exist. Otherwise, Facebook wouldn't exist, because that's a story about the good side of life. But what about this dark side we're sitting in right now, the dark side where you've got that stack of bills and the phone's starting to ring by now, and you just don't have any idea what to do? And resources will run short. So anyway, hey, listen, not to put a damper on it, but hey, I'm trying to help, man. <laughs> I am. I'm trying to. I'm trying to help. I. I've been there. I have struggled. I remember having to choose between a house payment, house payment, and a, uh, um, and a and a car payment because I decided to get in debt for a truck I couldn't afford, and of course that was hell. And it did. That's exactly what it turned our life into for a while. So, hey, listen, my name's Chris Aquez, and I my website is chrisaquez.com. I'm on social media under the same name. You can look me up, message me. I would love to hear from you if you'd like to chat or you got some ideas about what you would like to discuss. I am open. I don't think you can stump me, unless, of course, it's something specific like how to build a nuclear bomb or something like that. I don't have any idea how to do that. So, But anyway, I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to give back. My life is blessed. My wife and I have a wonderful life together. And we probably shouldn't be living this life. In fact, I should be either in prison or dead, and I'm not. And we both managed to retire at 54 years old, and now we're living our dream. We're traveling around the country, exploring the world, uh, and exploring the world. So until next time, just remember, today's your day. Make it a good one.